In the Lab, a Texans podcast that takes a different look at things. Drew Doherty and John Harris have their lab coats and goggles on and the Bunsen burners burning. Here's Drew. Houston Texans are better, John. Good to see you. Welcome to In the Lab. How you doing? I'm fantastic, man. I've I've had a fun morning. Went all over Houston. Dropped my son off at the Jesuit baseball camp. So I was back in my alma mater for just a teensy tiny bit. Nice. It's nicer than when I was there. And it was kind of nice. But uh, I was there and then shot the, they're called stand-ups here in the biz. But they're basically the introductions where you see a reporter on camera and He's setting up or throwing, or she is setting up, throwing to a video. Mm-hmm. And we shot those stand-ups, those introductions on the east side of Houston. There's a mural at 210 Jensen Drive. Didn't know where that was. 210 Jensen, okay. But J-E-N-S-E-N. There's a pretty cool mural, and I think it's changed a, a few times. But then it's also got a really perfect view of downtown Houston. I'm sure there will be buildings where I was standing <laughs> that will block all that view someday. Yeah, someday. But we took advantage of it and got some good stuff on the way into work. And you can see that Saturday night at 11 on ABC 13 KTRK. But back to what I said, John, the Texans are better. I'm not going to say they're going to win 13 games. I'm not going to say they're win six games. Either yeah. of those would be a big improvement over what we saw in 2022. But the Texans are better than they were last year, the year before. And there's an excitement. And I'm saying this purely off of what I saw on the field against air, mm-hmm. without pads, without tackling or anything like that over the last three weeks, basically. Texans are better. You've got a good O-line. I think you've got a secondary that's going to do some things. And I'm excited, dude. I know you feel feel the same way, but what are the the two or three reasons that make you most excited and have you in agreement with what I led this whole podcast <laughs> off with? I don't think there's any question. I, honestly, Drew, I'll t- take it right straight from the horse's mouth we had media days on monday which whenever you see you're in a stadium and you see the the graphics up on the board and you're like let's go raise the room you know you yeah. see the guys getting all excited and you see all the pregame intros and stuff that stuff is all shot uh, in a couple of days but we i guess one day now we used to do it in a couple of days and we call it media days and so the broadcast teams cbs fox nfl network all of them they get a chance to take a a shot of the guys and yep. all that kind of stuff. So that all takes place on one day. Well, we've made it a one-stop shop, made it a big old car wash. So they go from one section to one section to one section. And so after you we, make this point, let me tell the Jimmy Ward story. But yeah. So we, Mark and I in studio, we had about 30 guys. Yeah. I can't get all 90. It was one after one interview after the next bang, 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 bang. And I was, I don't want to say the word surprised, but the excitement that each guy brought into this room was really interesting when you asked them about the prospects of 2023. And sometimes they would just, whatever question you asked them, you know, Hey, what'd you have for dinner? They would somehow bring it back to how excited they were for the 2023 season. There were in fact, a couple of guys that used the word stacked to talk about this roster, which I went, Wow. Like there's, you know, a lot of times it's the, it's the most optimistic, the most hopeful fans that will look at it and say, well, yeah, man, if this guy does this and this guy does this, then we can be okay. Or we can be good. The players themselves were saying that. And I thought that was, that was really interesting. So that might be reason one for me is just to see the optimism, optimism of the players. I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention number two, the brain trust. 
between D'Amico Ryans and Nick Casario. I mean, Nick has done a lot of the work personnel-wise with contributions of the coaching staff and his scouting department to put this roster together, to go out and find one-year um, you know, one year contract guys like Dalton Schultz, like Jimmy Ward, like Sheldon Rankins, and bring them in into the fold. And you you watch them participate and you go, okay, I see why those guys are here. And I see how they're having an impact. Guys like Malik Collins, Malik Collins who was originally a one-year guy. was originally a one-year guy. And now he's another on his, one-year guy. And now he's, he's his third contract that he has yeah. signed uh, with the Texans with this extension uh, that he has, has signed. And I think Malik is, I mean, invaluable. I mean, you got to have a guy like Malik. But you put him next to Hassan Ridgeway and Sheldon Rankins, two guys that were brought in for this defense. So the leaders at the top, and I mean, and obviously it goes all the way to the top. I think uh, the McNair family has learned a lot about the last couple of years. Um, I think they have they've grown comfortable in their own skin, and I think that's something that you know it's when you follow you know Bob and Janice McNair. I mean, that's it's hard no matter who you are, but I think that that. Uh, uh, Cal McNair and Hannah McNair uh, have really, and the McNair family just in general, they've really kind of grown comfortable in their own skin. I think that filters down to having D'Amico and to having Nick. And I think their calm and cool filters down to the players. And I think they're feeling it. Um, and last and certainly not least, I don't want to discredit anything in the growth of Davis Mills because I think Davis has done a really fine job. Mm-hmm. I think he's gotten better and better. I think Case Keenum being here um, is going to be huge for all the quarterbacks. But C.J. Stroud is at a different level. And having C.J. Stroud in this building and having C.J. Stroud as the leader of this team and knowing what C.J. is all about, um, getting to know him and and see him in practice and see him make a mistake and then not make it again, as D'Amico Ryan's pointed out, I think those three, like the palpable excitement from the players themselves seeing what they've got, I think the the leadership um, that that starts at the tone at the top and filters down to everybody. And then I think having uh, a guy like C.J. Stroud at quarterback that's got, you know, a competitive yet calm demeanor. And I think he he shows leadership. I thought one of the great moments in, in OTAs was the other day. I think it was Wednesday. I think it was Wednesday. So they're working on, I think it was seven on seven. And so Dalton Schultz ran a particular route and Dalton read it one way and CJ read it a different way. And when CJ read it, he threw a pick to, I think it was Desmond King. Desmond made a really nice pick. Mm-hmm. It's a great play for the defense. Very athletic. And as the play was over, you saw CJ and Dalton come together and they kind of chatted a little bit and you could see them kind of gesturing one another. And then CJ tapped himself on the chest, the universal signal of, yeah, that was on me. That was on me. And Dalton patted him on the back and they went back. No big deal. Got it all worked out. They went to a two-minute drill later on. Fourth down or third down or fourth down. Got to have it. Ten seconds left in the game. And CJ threw an absolute seed right to Dalton Schultz for a touchdown. Yeah. And they went and celebrated. And I just, those two plays kind of, to me, showed not only the leadership of Dalton Schultz, you know, a guy we talked about, but showing how CJ bounced back from, you know, an interception in practice where, he made the mistake, at least according to him in that moment. He made the mistake. But I just thought it was really interesting, he and Schultz talking about that on the field and then CJ going, yeah, that was me. That was me. And then later on throwing that touchdown to Schultz in a, in a really tough drill, a two-minute drill, you know, at the end of practice can be really, really tough for the offense. And they worked it perfectly. And then for CJ to make that throw to Dalton, I thought was really, really cool to kind of to kind of bookend that first moment with that second moment. And all that kind of gave me um, – 
Give me a charge, Drew. Uh, a lot to talk about there for sure. Yeah, I love those three that you, you reeled off, those three reasons. And then I'll add in this. You also sprinkle in some playmakers at all three levels of the yep. defense that you've added. It's like Tajin. Yeah, like via the draft, Willie yeah. Anderson Jr. He's he's D'Amico Ryan's is having to hold him back, yeah. you know, because he's having to – Yeah. He can't hit right now. <laughs> right. Pads are off. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. He can't wait to see what this guy does. He's got him in the wide nine. Yeah. You know, he's going to be in a different scheme. And D'Amico's excited about what he can do in that. You had, you had playmakers like Christian Harris emerging. Denzel Perryman should do some things at linebacker. You know, those guys are really exciting. Jalen Petrie entering year two. Derek Stingley entering year two. They're in a better system. Jerry Hughes talked about it. You and I were sitting next to each other when Jerry yep. Hughes was at the podium earlier this week. And he said some pretty eye-opening stuff. We're going to write about it next week. But yeah, there's a lot to go uh, go on and be excited about. Jimmy Ward, who is uh, somebody I was mentioning earlier, he's going to do some nice things. And yep. speaking of Jimmy, you talked about media days. Like, for example, I hung out with Jimmy Ward on media days and walked him to the set where, you know, he'll be like this. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah of course. At the camera. Yeah, stuff going doing the posing smoke. and all that kind of stuff. And then there's yeah. still photos of that. Yeah. And then there's a still photo section that was – you know, off to the other side. And then he did the uh, Jimmy Ward. Where do you go to call it? Jimmy Northern Ward, Illinois. Northern Illinois. Safety. You know, like that yeah. thing for yeah, 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 NBC. For NBC. Yeah. So they kind of go and do all those things and they just bang it all out at once. And uh, yeah, it, it's pretty fun. But I'm excited about all the playmakers on defense on top of the stuff you were mentioning. So with six weeks until the Texans get back at it with training camp practices beginning at the end of July, Health aside, yeah. what is your biggest question mark? That's a good one. Mark and I have thought about this, and we've talked about this. And I, I've i grown to really like the wide receiver crew. I really like it. I like when Nico and Robert are together. I like it when Tank and Nico are together. I like different groupings that they've put together. And I do think that they have got a variety of pass catchers. I think the biggest thing going in, and, and maybe along with health, Drew, it's the fact that you do and probably will have a rookie quarterback starting week one. So, you know, the ups and downs that go with a rookie quarterback, I think are pretty obvious. But I think one of the things that can help him is does a, does a true number one receiver emerge or is a number one truly needed? Like last year, Jacksonville, I didn't think Jacksonville had a true number one. It felt like they had a, a bunch of really good number yeah. twos. You know, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk. You know, Jamal Agnew was, you know, uh, he was the he was the whipped cream on top of the Sunday. I mean, he was he made everything, you know, good for the Jaguars, great for the Jaguars. And teams were very cognizant when he came in the game. He was that weapon X. But they were I felt like they were all really good number twos. Now they got a, they got Calvin Ridley this year. And I think Calvin's a I think he's a definite he's a one. number one. So I, that one. could change the look for the Jaguars and make them that much more dangerous. I think the Texans have guys that would fall into that category of not quite number one, but could emerge into a number one. And I don't know if it's altogether needed that you have, okay, that guy's our number one, that guy's our number two. I don't really mean it like that. But I mean that bona fide go-to weapon when it's third down and it's third and seven and everybody in the building knows you're throwing a ball to that guy and he makes the catch. The Andre Johnson, the DeAndre Hopkins of the world, Brandon Cooks, even Will Fuller. You knew the ball would go to one of those guys on third down and you were going to move the sticks. Who is that guy? 
Now, like Jacksonville did last year, they had a pretty potent offense for the last nine, 10 weeks of the year. And they didn't really have that guy. It could be a, it could be a number of guys and maybe that's how this thing goes. But I do feel like in most situations, you want to have that receiver that you go to at all times. Now it might end up be Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz might catch 90 passes. He might be the third down go-to weapon, but who remains that guy on third down that, you know, Hey, they know it. We know it. Everybody knows it. And they still can't stop him or they still can't stop that connection between quarterback and pass catcher. Who is that guy? I think that to me is kind of the, the, the one piece outside of health, outside of obviously a rookie quarterback that I look at and think, okay, what happens here? And and how does the emergence of, you know, as they say, him, mm-hmm. you know, I'm him, but the emergence of him for this, for this offense turns this offense into, you know, hopefully one of the top, top half of the league for sure. You know, I talked about sprinkling uh, earlier when I was talking about the defense, but you know, another thing that's been sprinkled in, I imagine Damian Pierce's receptions, will go up a little bit yep. from what he had last year. Yes. But you've also added around about a 40 receiver, 40 reception guy in the running game in Devin Singletary. Right. right? Absolutely. At the running back spot. He and- he's basically caught 38, 42, 38. Yeah, he he can catch the ball, yep. make some moves, get you seven yards on a reception pretty consistently. I mean, I think there's a lot of things you can do with motor. There's no doubt. Mm-hmm. And that's his I, name, motor. Yeah, his nickname is motor. And I, I, I just think there's the, the sky's the limit for him, Drew. I, in this offense, I mean, there's so many different things. I mean, we talked to him. I know you had a chance to catch yeah. up with him one on one. We talked to him here in studio and kind of asked him about why Houston was right for him. And, and, you know, he talked about this offense. He talked about catching the football and how he's really grown as a receiver because at FAU in college, he didn't really catch the ball much i mean he yeah. he ran it a lot there's one year i think he had 32 rushing touchdowns yeah but he didn't catch it a lot and so he's kind of had to learn that as he has he's gone through the nfl with his time with the bills and hopefully that pays off here and and what i like about that drew and i you know i've said this a lot when you have two backs and they both can catch the ball you know damien's got really good hands mm-hmm. you can use them together you yeah. can do you can do some 20 personnel two running backs and no tight ends and really do some stuff with with two running backs like that and we've seen Floyd the 49ers do that defense. yeah yeah that's so i'm 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 really excited about what i'm excited about what pass catchers can do but i still think when you when you look at the great teams in the league and you go down each one philadelphia on third and five is going aj brown the chiefs are going to you know travis kelsey i mean the tight end but they're going to travis kelsey the rams go to cooper cup mm. you know the fight the vikings are going to find justin jefferson no matter how many guys are covering him Kirk Cousins is locked into him. The Bills are probably going to go to Stephon Diggs if Stephon Diggs is around. But <laughs> this is interesting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I had an interesting note. I I texted Sal after we talked to Devin Singletary, my buddy Sal Capaccio is the Southern report for the Bills, and I was sending him a note because Devin talked about how much he liked him. And so Sal wrote back and said, Man, 24 hours we've had all this drama. And I was like, Sal, no offense, bro, but the last three years, yeah, <laughs> we were the epitome of that. So you beat there, we didn't want to send that to you. Uh, that was not our trade of we get Singletary, you get drama. But, um, you know, it looks like they're going to get past that. But either way, the point being, the Bills went to a different level when Stephon Diggs um, came into town, when Jamar Chase got into town with the Bengals. You know, they got two of them now. I wish they'd share the wealth with T. Higgins. But uh, with Higgins and Chase, they, they could do what they want to in the passing game. So I think you've got to have that guy or you got to have that guy emerge. And hopefully that happens this year. Nice. Okay, we're going to close with this, but before we close, 
Go to Devin Singletary's Instagram. Scroll all the way to the bottom to his first post. He's got high school highlights. Oh, Devin Singletary looks like USC Reggie Bush in these high school highlights. <laughs> yeah. Is that Reggie yeah. Bush? So anyways. Yeah. All right. Closing with this. Of all the J.J. Watt touchdowns, hmm. which is your favorite? And I should say take out the Bengals pick six. The others, which is your favorite J.J. Watt touchdown? I feel like every touchdown of his came with came with a story in some sense. Of course. Um, Just like Brock said, every interception has a story. Yeah, right. Thanks, Brock. I feel like the Raiders one in 14 was the one that really is my favorite because not only is it the first offensive touchdown, it's it's the excitement that comes with, oh, my God, J.J. just won in the game and they're on offense. And then seeing Fitzy. Where's he throwing? Oh my God, he's throwing this ball to Watt and I'm standing right there. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is going to ruin the internet. JJ Watt just caught a touchdown <laughs> on offense. So I think it's the Raiders one because it's it was it was the first time that we had seen him in that capacity. Um, and then it's, you know, beating the Raiders out. And I love, I love that stadium. I know it's, you know, run down, but I just love the history of that. Me too. You know, what used to be Oakland Alameda Coliseum, which I don't know what it is anymore. I love the fact that we were able to go out there, you know, before they went to Las Vegas, that was cool to have done one in Oakland now in Las Vegas. But I think that's my favorite drew just because it was the first one. I think the one that to me blew everybody's mind. And I I've, I've always wanted I've always wanted to ask, but I really don't because you know, he got beat on a play, but I've always wanted to ask Christian Kirksey about that moment. Like you're out in press coverage against a 295 pound, as you call him, jungle cat. Yep. And they throw him a fade route. Yeah. <laughs> against the Browns. That's the one to me that was like, what the hell just happened? Because he starts as a tight end, but then he flexed out and I thought, okay, well, he's just a decoy. No, they throw him a damn fade route. And I'll, that's the one to me that was like, okay, this guy's a different, he's just a different cat is all together, like a different animal altogether. But the Raiders one was the first time where he went, I'm, I'm like seeing it all telling Mark in his ear, what in the game, tight end, what's at tight end. And then he throws to what is that was just, that's one probably, that's probably my favorite one just for that reason. How about yeah, you? That was cool. I, that one, but also, the touchdown here against the Bills and the touchdown yeah. here against the Colts because that year in 2014, so he was already a superstar. In 12, he won the Defensive Player of the Year award. Yep. 13 was awful for the team, but he was still really, really good. He was an all-pro. 14, he was a comet that season. I mean, he he scored five touchdowns, yeah. did everything on defense, all that. But that year when he would make a huge, huge play like that, and then you'd go to break, and normally the Texans here at NRG Stadium, you go to break, and it's 18 different sponsored segments, and you've got yeah. this and this and this right. that you got to fulfill. Smartly, they would say, pause that, and they'd just play Turn Down for What by, or Turn Down for What by uh, Lil John, and they'd show the replay of JJ making the play, and then they'd cut to JJ on the sideline, and you'd see like the side of his face, and then you just kind of look at the camera and you go like, and the place would go bananas. Yeah, no, wait, and they no. show a bunch of yeah. people in 99 jerseys <laughs> dancing. And they go back to JJ and he'd be like, and they like, you know, it just kept going on and on. And that would be the whole break. They just play yeah. that. And this this place was special back then. So that was mine. But I love that. I was up in the Oakland Coliseum press box and I get nudged in the ribs by one of the young interns in the media relations department. He says, 
oh yeah jj's in the game check this out and i look <laughs> up and i type that he's in the game and then bam catches the touchdown yeah. it was wild it was really really fun he's wide open i'm like what wide were the raiders open. thinking it was a novelty at that point they it was they, yeah they knew or thought about it but then yeah. they were covering him the times after that but he still caught the touchdown yeah. it was really really cool too all right john good talking with you and let's do this again very very soon this is in the lab